Welcome to the Dear Bitches Smart Authors Podcast. I'm Smart Bitch Sarah from SmartBitchesTrashyBooks.com, and with me is Jane from DearAuthor.com. We're going to start off today by talking about the economy, because what else would romance readers be thinking about at this moment? As we record this, it is a dark and dismal economy. The stock market is more down than the villain's Magnus Wiener, and no one is really buying anything. I heard an advertisement on the radio that Saks Fifth Avenue has discounted all of their furs 80%, because not only do we not want to wear fur, we don't want to buy it either. But in other places, I think the romance market is actually going to thrive, or at least sustain itself admirably. I did read that uh, mass market is still selling well. And from all accounts, it's the mass market divisions that are still meeting their budgets for the publishers. Um, what, it, we do, what I do think is going to happen, and we've talked about this before, Sarah, is that there's going to be less risk being taken by mass market publishers. So the, the kind of forward-thinking uh, authors might be asked to dial it back, that uh, publishers might look for more comfort reads, and so the economy might be robust in terms of sales of romance, but we as readers might see a decline in the variety and the risk-taking that publishers are going to be putting out there. I completely agree with you, and it does make me sad because there are a lot of subgenres that are attracting more readers, such as romantic suspense, and paranormal is just such a huge element. But I have to confess myself personally to being a little, I'm a little monstered out. Um, I'm, a, I'm a little over vampires, and I'm a little, you know, hesitant for, you know, zombie love triangles. That's not necessarily my cup of tea right now. But at this point, I also think that the emerging ebook market is going to help save the, the economic status of the romance genre just because once an individual makes that investment in the ebook reader, they're more inclined, I think, to put stuff on it. It's a little more friendly and easier. It's almost like not spending money. You know how you go on the computer and you click, 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 and you spend $30 and you don't really think about it, but if you have $30 in your hands, it's a little harder to part with your money? That digital seduction of spending is actually probably going to get a little easier for people just to load things onto their ebook readers. I think ebook sales are one way for uh, publishers to address their current economic problems because it's a lower cost way of producing and distributing a book. Um, there was a 400% growth in ebook sales at Random House in 2008, and that's one of the reasons that Random House is working so hard to get over 15,000 of their titles in 09 in, e in digital format. So, uh, ebooks make sense for publishing, and it makes sense for readers. And a lot of romance readers already read ebooks, and we know that because over 50% of ebooks sold are romance books. In future podcasts, we're going to talk a little bit about the ebook readers that we personally use because unless you read our websites and know that we consider ourselves um, big, big, big fans of the ebook, I have a Kindle and I know Jane has a Sony reader. We both have iPhones and we've tried at least four or five different methods of reading ebooks. So in a future podcast, we're going to talk about the different ways to read an ebook and address some of the typical concerns that people have about that, that reading module. We're also going to have interviews in coming episodes with different authors whose books are coming out. And generally, we're going to try to entertain each other um, and hopefully entertain you, too. Next up is our interview with Mala Volek, the Harlequin Digital Director. She'll be talking with us about digital initiatives for Harlequin and what readers should be looking for in the future. Hi, Mala. I'm so 
so excited to talk to you. You have no idea. I'm thrilled to be here to share all things bright and beautiful that are digital. Let's talk about Harlequin's digital awesomeness. Well, Harlequin publishes everything we do, 100% front list in ebook format. Would you like me to genuflect and sing your praises now, or should I do that later? Because I have to say, it's interesting that Harlequin often is the one that's the most beat up in the media. Because uh, I don't know why people say Harlequin bodice rippers, because that's just so dumb. But Harlequin gets it on the chin every time somebody wants to bash romance. And yet here Harlequin is one of the front runners in taking advantage of new technology. And other publishers could learn so much from you. Do you ever like want to you know, discuss that with people? We have a moment occasionally. I will have to admit that. However, sometimes, you know, being ignored is, is also really good. And really, we have to give credit to our readers because that's the reason we're doing all of this. Uh, we, we went into ebooks perhaps a little bit later than some other publishers. We really went in in 2005, mostly because a lot of we were looking at things. This looks like an interesting opportunity. Um, the market looks like it might be about ready to have some really good devices to read from. But also a lot of retailers told us that romance was the really big winning category to everybody's surprise. Not so much to ours because our readers are so, so voracious and this is a reading experience. So we went in sort of with an experiment of nine titles a month in, I think, October of 2005. And in less than two years, one, one month less than two years, we were like at 120 plus titles a month. But that was just purely, you know, our readers are buying the book, so we might as well do more. So it sounds like uh, financially it's made a, it's been a good decision for Harlequin, else you wouldn't have gone from nine to a hundred in two years. Yes. I mean, I always like to stress this is very much a growth business, and we're investing a fair bit into it, but we definitely see the potential. And particularly, once again, I think the thing that, you know, we all talk about is romance readers are incredibly avid readers. They're really, really <clears throat> passionate about the books, the characters, the authors. Whether the fact that it's in, in print on a piece of paper that you can smell or whether it's digital and you can just get the story right away and read it doesn't really matter to them. Can you share with us some of the, the numbers that you've noticed in terms of the growth of the number of downloads? Because I keep seeing these articles as the Kindle has emerged from Amazon and, has the, and as the Sony keeps releasing these new and improved versions. There's all these navel-gazing columnists saying, oh, the, the e-book will never replace paper books and you know, this is never going to really take off and paper's never really going to go away. And I know a lot of people disagree with that, but I think most of the people who haven't tried e-books can't conceive of, of even reading one, but I know that there are a lot of people who do it. What are some of the, the statistical increases in numbers of downloads that you've noticed over the past few years? Does it double once a year? Does it triple? I mean, what are, what are some of the increases in readership that you've noticed for eBooks? Well, you know, it's, it's very much a growth industry right now, so we've been getting double-digit growth, um, sometimes month over month over month. <clears throat> and every new device that's come in that has been, I think, easier to use whether it's the Sony Reader, whether it's the Amazon Kindle, has definitely had an effect on the market. But we're still talking a very very small percentage. I mean, it seems to be around 1% of the population has something to do in North America with, with digital reading, if, if that. But I, I think really your point that most really is part of the, the look, look, touch, and feel experience. That if, you can actually, if you, for some reason, one of your friends walks you through the process, and you actually begin to read on a device or on your computer or whatever, then you suddenly understand all the benefits, you know, that it's instant, that you can get all those backlists, that you don't have to store books in your house, you can carry 50 books with you in your purse. 
all those things then take over and then you become an advocate. I think we're all the, the e-book advocates here. I completely agree with you. Once you try it, it's just you can't go back. Jane, what well, were you going to say? You said that initially that it was retailers that kind of came to you and suggested that Harlequin might be interested because of the consumer response. Yep. But I know you've also indicated that those retailers have been surprised by the uh, number of e-books purchased by women, uh, specifically yes. romance readers. And um, what kind of comments have you gotten from these e-tailers or retailers, and how have they responded then to the increase of female uh, readership? Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, really their comment was is, they're surprised, um, and you know they couldn't wrap their brains much further around this because the expectation was, is that sci-fi geeks or military thrillers, basically guys and, and techno stuff, would be the ones that would first grab on onto the whole digital concept of reading. But once we sort of saw what our what our consumer was doing, that she was she was participating, of course, it made a lot of sense because she was the most avid reader. I mean, just like in the real marketplace. 40 to 50 percent of all books sold are, you know, romance. Um, we're, we're we're probably in a higher percentage right now in the ebook world simply because we have such a dominant presence. But it's it's always probably going to be a huge part because women are such big readers. Now retailers, I think the ones who have been really smart have spent some more time merchandising and learning how to talk to women with the offers that you know, probably one of the best offers is more free books or or sampling merchandising things, for example, if you actually make Harlequin a category in your store, you do better. Just in the physical world, we have Harlequin sections within romance, so do they. Um, do they spend enough time, I think, educating everybody as to how do you use a device and how do you download? No, um, I don't think anyone does that, and that's one of the things that we're going to be taking on at Harlequin next year. What's one thing that you wish that uh, retailers would do in um, increasing readership? Or maybe, maybe conversely, what do you think that Harlequin should be doing, or publishers in general? Um, I really think, it was sort of what I was referring to in my last point a little bit, is the whole point of educating consumers about how easy it is to find digital books, read digital books, and download them onto devices. And even, you know, that your, your phone will often work for this. If you walk into most mobile stores, the person selling you your mobile, your cell phone, has no idea that you can do this. So I think there's a lot as publishers or retailers that we could just do to help consumers. Um, at Harlequin, we're planning just to create a whole bunch of videos to sort of show, like, this is how you do it, on, this is how you download it onto the iPhone, this is how you download it here, this is, here are your options, and here are some of the most common problems you will come across. We all need that 12-year-old in our home to teach us about technology because we're women and we don't really care how it works. We just want it to work. So we, we basically, you know, we just need to give everyone a 12-year-old. <laughs> That's brilliant. Now, have you noticed, just out, of your, just out of my own curiosity, and if you don't know the answer, it's totally fine, have you noticed that women romance readers respond better to a specific type of instruction for ebook reading and downloading? Do they prefer videos? Do they prefer visual instruction? Or do they prefer hands-on? Has anyone really looked at that, how re readers prefer I, to I, learn? I don't think anyone's looked at it. I certainly know it's not the written instructions, <clears throat> because I can't get through them. 
Um, <laughs> well, yeah, but I don't think anyone can. <laughs> exactly. I don't think that's exclusive to gender. <laughs> no, exactly. So that's why we think video it was perhaps the way, because the next best thing to being in your home and walking you through it, we hope. That is so smart. Could you tell us then about what's coming up with Harlequin, in addition to the instruction, which is so smart, what's coming up that you would love people to, uh, who are listening to hear about? Um, well, we're doing a lot more enriched ebooks last year. We did one last year as a test, um, more enriched books next year as opposed to last year. We did one as a test last year, and what we mean by enriched is adding in extra bits of information. So whether it's a video of the author talking about it, whether it's hyperlinks to various places or jewelry or gowns, for example, if you're reading a historical and she puts on her police and then she goes on, on, on the, the, the oh, I never remember what, what, the cabriole or whatever, it's like, what exactly is the police and what exactly does that horse and carriage look like? Well, we can share that with you. So we're pretty excited about that. And we'll probably include some sort of like a DVDs, a little bit of extra, like the background stuff that was cut out or some deleted scenes, so that should be lots of fun. Um, and we're going to even do that with some of our nonfiction stuff. We have a, a nonfiction book called 113 Things to Do Before You're 13. Um, so I think that, that should have some kind of cool stuff. I've mentioned the videos about sort of how to do more things. We're also going to do a number more prequels to some of our best-selling authors or some of our up-and-coming authors who have trilogies. Gina Showalter did the first one last year to her Lords of the Underworld series. And that seemed to be like a great tease, a great introduction to get people into the series to perhaps a new author or perhaps even ebooks. Um, so we'll be doing that. And we're going to be doing a lot. Um, Harlequin's 60th anniversary, our birthday is next year. Um, so we're going to be doing a lot of, quite frankly, free giveaways, which we're very excited about, just to introduce people to our entire breadth and scope of editorial. We're going to be giving away 16 books. Um, they're going to be available in all kinds of places, possibly even your website, and um, also at our website, um, harlequincelebrates.com, and they'll be available um, a few in print, but mostly in all the digital formats. That sounds awesome. Well, happy birthday. Yeah, exactly. Thank we'll you. have to bake you a cake. That'd be great. A digital, a, a digital one, of course. Well, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us this morning. And you're very welcome. <laughs> we think you're awesome. So please keep well, doing what you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. And, and we have so much fun at Harlequin coming up with the stuff and then seeing people respond to it. It's just great. If you've got any feedback or questions for Jane or Sarah or topics to suggest, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at sbjpodcast at gmail.com. That's SB for smart bitch, J for Jane, and podcast for podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you have ideas or questions you want to ask us, we might answer them in a future podcast or answer them on our websites. But either way, give us an email. We'll definitely read it.